Hello, and welcome to episode 11 of Horror Dads. This is an interesting episode we're doing today. We're uh, going a little different direction from the normal, but... Yeah, we like to mix it up. We like to do some interesting ideas that we've been toying with, and this one is no exception. It is us building our own family tree, correct? Yeah, so we're going to go through the steps of each of us selecting a mother, a father, a... a brother. Uh... I feel like we're singing a song right now. A, a mother, sister? a father, a sister, a brother, a... <laughs> and what else? A son, <clears throat> a, a daughter, daughter and, a, and pet, a pet. And one pet each. Yeah. We threw the pet in last second. We thought that would be a uh, fun addition. Yeah, because we were going through like grandparents and aunts and yeah. uncles and started to get... The list was long. <laughs> oh, ridiculous, yeah. But uh, before we do that, before we get to the content of our episode, we're going to hit some of our normal stuff so the housekeeping general housekeeping items so what's up (laughs) so what's up with the family oh wait wait first so since this is a family oriented episode we are watching a family oriented movie it's as family as john sadly doesn't own (laughs) texas chainsaw massacre not sure why on blu-ray or dvd we just found yeah the original that is i own the remake i don't know so anyway, we're watching, uh, what are we watching? Society. We have Society on. And and thank you to a few uh, Instagram interactions. We found that Arrow, uh, their releases, they have these reversible covers. And we just found out about this. My mind's blown. Yeah. Uh, so I honestly had no idea. But the Arrow releases of particularly the, the Mutilator we saw, which is subtitled mm-hmm. or uh, alternative title is Fall Break. Uh I have a couple. That's the coolest one because of that. Because yeah. You get the alternate title. Yeah. But I flipped uh, this one around too, the the society, and I actually like the alternative more than the. You original. like this more than like the Freddy Krueger face, the melting skin yeah. cover <laughs> that my kids look at. And I have I don't have many Arrow releases. I think maybe the only one I have is that Edge of the Axe, <clears throat> but I couldn't wait. Like when casually on Instagram, I saw when we found all this out shit about happening, this, yeah. and I was like. <laughs> I can't wait to go and switch that one that I have. Yeah. It felt great. So, family stuff, though? What's going on in your world, buddy? Uh, same old stuff. Really, uh, Father's Day was this past week. So, I got some awesome gifts. I'll tell you about those in a second. So, my son, he <laughs> a little prelude to this is that he loves Easter. Yes, your oldest. Um, so, like, if you had told me that, like, he's six now. If you told me that seven years ago, like, hey... Uh, favorite holiday is going to be Easter. I would say, shut the fuck up. It will not be. Um, but but alas, it is his favorite holiday. Like, I feel like that's something you would make fun of somebody else. Like, if they're about to have a kid, you'd be like, oh, yeah, well, your son's... Uh, Keep your it up, your son's... son's yeah, like favorite Easter. Easter. Favorite holiday is going to be Easter. You'd be like, no, yeah. it's not, you dick. It is. That's my son's favorite holiday. Well, it's a reality for you. So everything he does now, um, any, like, holiday... He has to hide the gifts. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so Go for hunt. Father's Day, yeah, it was like I woke up. Honestly, on Father's Day, all I really wanted to do was sleep in. It, like, <laughs> Give me till 8 a.m. Way too early. Whatever time <laughs> it was, I'm getting poked. He's yeah. poking me. Um, and you can't be mad at it. No. He pokes me, wakes me up. He says, are you ready to find your gifts? I was like, well, here we go. Yeah. So <clears throat> I go through. I find each gift. And I'm like. At opening it as I find it. You know, it's just in a bag, right? So I like pull it out. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, it's just him and I walking through. 
So then we go upstairs to my office. We get more gifts. And then uh, in my bedroom is like one more. I open it. I hear him go downstairs. And I hear him say to my wife, his mother, um, yeah, we found all the gifts. He opened them all. I'm not sure why. And I was like, wait, what? I, I go downstairs and she's like, you opened I, all the gifts? I was, was coached like, into I, this. I honestly, I had, he didn't say anything until he goes down and tattles on me. Yeah. The entire time, every gift I opened, I would like give him a thumbs up and he was like, yep, you like it, don't you? And I was like, yeah. Never once did he say, hey, mom would like to open these gifts with you, which makes total fucking sense. I was just like. The adult in the room didn't intervene in that, I guess. Jesus, yeah. I was like, give me that mask. Okay, so what'd you get? All right, so I got um, Urban Legend. Blu-ray. The Blu-ray, the one I've been wanting. I paid for that, that you, by the way. The no, Ford Mustang that you bought. Um, so I got that. L- l- finally. Listen to the last episode. You guys will find out that banter. But okay, you got Urban Legend. What else? And I think it was in that bag. Uh, I some other bags had some like you know, um, some other stuff that's not worth mentioning. But in the Urban Legend bag, I think there was a couple of the air fresheners from. Um, What's the Trick or Treat Studios? Oh, nice. A couple of the air fresheners. So I was like, oh nice. shit, they got Very me nice. my mask that I've purchased too many times that I don't own. Uh, we're looking at mine that you got for me Correct. for my birthday a couple yes. uh, weeks ago. Yeah. So I knew right then that she had got me that mask because I've cried yeah. about it. And so I got the Urban Legend. I got that. I got the. <clears throat> she got, ordered me an Austin Pardon print. Something happened with Etsy. I don't know if I'm going to get it, but the standouts here are my mask, Urban Legend. Urban Legend, and then my son made me a, like a pumpkin, like an art thing, like yeah. a pumpkin. He calls it a pumpkin popsicle. Well, but it's it's probably my best gift. It's a mini Sam. I love him. That's great, man. That's great. I also had a good Father's Day. Um, my kids woke up quite early that day, and we went to the pool and hung out all day. But um, I woke up and. Finley, my oldest, kept saying, like, is it a Yankees hat? And I, I didn't understand the context because she kept, because <laughs> I wear a lot of hats and she kept seeing me wearing a hat. And then I re- I connected the dots. I was like, oh, she must have got me a hat for Father's Day. And th- then that morning I like brushed my teeth, whatever, got ready for the day, came out and she was like, oh, you're not wearing a hat. Do you want to wear a Yankee hat? And I was like, oh, wh- why do you keep saying this? <laughs> So I had an errand to run, and uh, before I went and ran my errand, the kids gave me my gifts, and I got this great new Camp Crystal Lake hat, which I have on right now. Love it. It's so great. I, I, I honestly think I've worn it every day since Father's Day. Yeah, it's an amazing hat. And then I also got this really great koozie, um, which is Gizmo. It's a furry gizmo mm. from Gremlins, and he's <laughs> he's awesome. my coos, and it's very very furry, and the kids love it. Like I think I've probably had a beer a day since they gave it to me. Yeah. Have you bought anything recently? Oh, you know what I did buy is Night of the Comet on Blu-ray. Yes. Because I've been watching that it, <clears throat> on Screen Factory. It's like twenty-five bucks or something. Yeah. And every now and then, just every now and then, there's like a little window where it goes down to fifteen. Yeah. And Amazon reflects that price. So, like, I just happened to, I think you were at my house, we were drinking some long drinks. And uh, <laughs> yeah. when we're together drinking, we always buy Blu-rays. I made so a like, purchase tonight. <laughs> yeah, so I uh, checked it out. It was 15 that night. I just did not hesitate. Gobbled it up. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, I bought tonight, actually, our buddy Matt Pepler has gotten into screen printing as of late. He's finally doing t-shirts as well. So if you guys are t-shirt aficionados, which we all are. He released his first t-shirt, and I bought that. I also bought the print of that t-shirt on a camp book and also a print to hang down here in the studio. You went all in. It was the outpost. Yeah, it's a thing reference, which doesn't get any better than that. I also want to shout out to our buddies from the Nostaljunk podcast, who uh, Matt, who was kind enough to bu- to buy both Jamie and I a Stab T-shirt, and they're in the mail right yeah, now, which is awesome, which is amazing. So thank you guys, thanks, and buddy. If you haven't listened to that podcast, please uh, head over there. We just did a watch through with them of Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two, which was really really fun. And then the uh, of course the Matt Pebbler podcast, which is yeah, post credits. We just. Uh, did a guest spot there, and that's releasing this week. So, yeah, should be sometime this week. I don't yeah, know. I think which Tuesday day. or Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. Um, we we won't tell you what movie we were talking about. I guess keep that a secret. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's a good one. It's sci-fi horror. It was fun. Yeah. So I'm glad we did that. Any other podcast we should mention real quick? Maybe horror flicks and guitar. Is it guitar picks and horror flicks or horror guitar? flicks and guitar picks? Okay. Yep. Yeah. And then also, I've been listening to this uh, Screaming Cinema podcast, too. Um, they've had some really good content as of late, so check those guys mm-hmm. out as well. Yeah. So... What are you wearing? What are you wearing? What am I? I'm wearing the H2O. <laughs> you got the Halloween H2O. H2O on. pocket tee. The pocket tee. I love that shirt. Our boy I wish Cavity I had it. Colors. Of yeah. course. <laughs> I also have a shirt that you bought for me on. It's the blue variant of the... Welcome to Southport. John, uh, we're like <clears throat> seven days in a week. John wears a shirt five and a half days a week. Oh, and my wife actually asked me about it one day. And it was one of those things where it was like, <clears throat> um, can we talk about this for a quick second? <laughs> can we have an intervention about your goddamn t-shirt? So um, I'm tolerant of the fact that you wear a costume every day. And uh, also... It doesn't smell, but my eyeballs are wearing tired of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've got it on. I love Every it. Every fall, I can <laughs> count on you to have your red flannel on, your red my and black Black flannel. and red. Yeah. Every single time I see you, it's on. If it's Over top of something. It's not like you're wearing it skin to skin. If it's less than 70 degrees, that's on my that's body. That's on. Yeah. And then if it's hotter than 70 degrees, you're wearing this goddamn <laughs> Welcome to Southport shirt. I have, I have two shirts. <laughs> Well, in in the fall, you just put the red flannel over top of the Welcome to Southport. Yes. <laughs> oh, wait. I, so I had a question for you. Just some random... Yeah, go ahead. Random questions. All right, so if you were to pick... Du- the reason I'm saying this is because our drive-in has been hitting... Um, because there's not many new releases right now, our local drive-in has been doing these nostalgic releases. Jaws and Jurassic Park, back-to-back. Yeah, to they back. did yeah. that, back-to-back. Yeah. What was the one two weeks ago that I really wanted to hit up it was um oh it was like uh it was back to the future and and something that would be paired with that movie yeah oh god I can't remember it was E.T. E.T. and and back to to the the future Future. yeah and I tried to get my son to go he didn't want to go uh Jaws came last week he I didn't want to take my son to that yeah. But anyways, one, my point scene. is, if you could go to a drive-in right now and see a double feature, any nostalgic release, what would it be? Oof. In the summertime? Yeah, right now. Like this weekend. Yeah, I would hit like a 
and this is assuming that I could go just with my wife, just yes. the two of us, or just or with, you and I, yeah, just with my wife next to me, which is you, just the two of us. Get the wife out of there. It's you yeah. and me, but so I would go and I would hit like the burning, and I'd probably sleepaway camp. I think burning that would be the camp, best I will feature right up. now. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Probably the same. Okay. I didn't really think about it. The reason, another reason I mentioned this is because John and I went a couple years ago. They did a original Halloween, and then Halloween Four. Right after. Right yeah. after at that same drive-in, and it was like heaven on earth. But we like, drank like eighteen pumpkin pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think I threw up that night. But also, our concession stand, at, like this thing oh, is dude. from nineteen eighty-four. That's they from have not an updated it. Roseanne. They have not renovated it, <laughs> <laughs> dude. It's fucking Roseanne in there, and they had the Monster Mash playing when we went in. Oh. I think you and I hugged, and our wives were like, "These fucks." And you can buy pizzas in there and shit. Yeah. Yeah. And we came out, and then the original... Isn't it called the Elm Road Drive-In, too? The Elm Road Drive-In. I mean... Yeah. It's got everything going for it. It's at 1984... Or no, 1428 Elm Road. (laughs) But I remember walking out that night with like some concessions from this 1984 Roseanne concession stand. And the original... It was right when the original like uh, title screen came up. And the music started, and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. This is amazing. Um, so yeah, I, I think seeing the burning in Sleepaway Camp would be wonderful. Would be there, an amazing yeah ev- event. Yeah. All right, let's get in. All right, let's do it. Say, welcome to Horror Dads. Here's the format. We're going to go back and forth. We're going to volley this. So we're going to start with... Uh, so th- the idea is we're building our family tree. So this is a... Sort of the patriarch? Yes. We're going to start with patriarch, I guess, since we're both dads. Yeah. So we're going to go dad, dad, mom, daddy, mom. Daddy, mommy, mommy. Um, son, son, daughter, daughter. Yeah. Pet. Uh, oh, and brother, brother, sister, sister. Yeah. Should we have done an infant? Mine would have been uh, oh, Halloween dude. six. Well, I might have. Give a... me the goddamn doctor! Get it! A... <laughs> Get a doctor now! Right now! Yeah. All right. So this this is a good one. So we're gonna start with father though. Yeah. So Jamie, you go first. No, you go first. Here's the idea though: is okay. we're are are you are you? We don't know each other's picks. No. This is At all. Secrecy. In fact, Jamie came in and he was looking at my notebook and I was like, don't fucking peek, bud. I was peek, not looking bud. at your notebook, yeah. You assaulted me. Don't look at my wife while she's changing. <laughs> um, are, you picked your family that you would want to have, right? Yeah, I did. I, I really mauled back and forth what I was going to do here. Yeah, okay. I also contemplated uh, picking, let's say, Nev Campbell, for instance, Sydney Prescott, as like my sister. Yeah. But, but she's, she's not, not a sister. really a sister, so like no. I didn't go that route. I went routes where like yeah, they you have were an to actual be that, sister. Yeah. Or, correct. Okay. Good. All right. So you want me to start? Yeah, you're first. My first father. Your daddy. Okay. So I stretched a little on this specific episode because we've talked about a lot of films we love deeply. So I want to make sure we're hitting some others that we also like quite a bit but haven't 
necessarily yeah, discussed with the, yet. With a lot of these episodes that we're going to do, because we're going to do a lot of interesting stuff like this, we try to... <sighs> Introduce some other things, yeah. Yeah, we try to be able to talk about... Like, for instance, I was going to talk about... The Amityville Conjuring. Horror for the fifth time, yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. Hard. Yeah. Or like Poltergeist. It's like, I'm not going to do it. Okay, so you ready for Anyways, my dad? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Jesse Hellman is the character name, played by Ethan Embry, the dude from Empire Records, oh. in the movie The Devil's Candy. We've never talked about this. I didn't even know that you've seen this movie. We've come to the place where we joke about the idea of the devil. That is Satan's lie to distract us from the reality of who he is. Have you seen this movie? I have. Yeah. I didn't know that you've seen this. We've never talked about this. I know. So Weird. This is an enjoyable film. It's fun. It's Dude, really it fun. Is, it's the only bad thing about it is a CGI fire. The CGI the, fire. The, the only bad thing awful. About- <laughs> but what's oh, good man. about this is like if I had only seen that, I'd be like, shut. I will never watch this movie. It's filled with heavy metal music. Yep. Which is, I'd say, a huge part of this movie. Yeah. Painting and art, which and, is and also paint. amazing. Yeah. Heavy metal and paint are yeah. the two components. Uh, but the the other important aspect of this film is the 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 parenting the relationship between jesse's character and the daughter so she it's a very like broken system and it's just the two of them and they're working very very hard to make life be a thing and they move to this rural i think texas town and it's just the two of them and she is a you know a, a child that's trying to find her way and she's working really hard to do so and he is is an adult that's trying to find his way and he's very, he's working very hard to do so. And he's very encouraging and sympathetic and understanding to all of her uh, challenges that she's experiencing. So as a parent, seeing those qualities being demonstrated, you look at it and you're like, you know, that's fucking great. And you just love this guy and you want him to be well, you want his daughter to be well, and they're dealing with some shit. And there's this creep ass child killer with, fire and despair just shrouding the whole film and um their children in despair and it's just generally tough times and what is so tight and and prominent throughout the film is a relationship between this man and his daughter and it's a very relatable thing especially jamie for you and i it it feels like this film was written by like a, a horror fan that loves heavy music and has dealt with the challenges of parenting and it's just it's relatable and yeah. it's fun and it's great so no doubt it's a great pick man that's my that's my dad great pick all right so my dad is ed harley played by lance hendrickson henrickson sorry um from 1988's pumpkin head raising the dead ain't within my power Be all right. Should I be afraid? It's coming. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. You went. You dug. I went there. Well, you dug for an obscure, more yeah, more obscure, yeah, which was great. Uh, so, I mean, what can you say about this guy? <laughs> 
The if I were to be run over by a pair of hooligan <laughs> dirt bikes, which like that this movie. <laughs> This movie. This movie is ridiculous. It is absurd. <laughs> but it's so great to watch in the fall. It honestly oh is. It's it so, is like you can't like, not watch it. Honestly. It's like it, it's I don't like being, I don't love it. But it's a standard annual. You gotta watch, watch it, yeah. yeah. Uh just the name alone. Are you gonna not watch Pumpkinhead? Even if it's just the first hour. But anyways. You're gonna not watch yeah. the first hour of Pumpkinhead? <laughs> All right, so what makes this dude a good dad? Um, let's, so, not only does this dad have to deal with his son dying, um, you know, he's got to deal with this rowdy pack of hooligans that just gets away with it, right? Um, so, oh, God, is it sad. Where do they live? Like, in the desert? I, dude. I'll, I'll, keep no, going. I'm going to find no, out. Don't look it up. We're, gonna, we're just going to dream. We're going to speculate. <laughs> so, anyways... He finds a witch that lives in the woods. It's been a while since I've seen this, uh, so my details are not the best. But it, he finds a witch, uh, helps him summon this vengeful demon who is great for revenge. He's got to dig up, if I recall correctly, he has to like dig up the demon's remains somewhere. He has to go on a little trek out into the deep woods. Uh, dig up the remains of this demon who then comes to kill and take revenge on these poor dirt bike riding douchebags. Yeah. Coming, um, coming for revenge. Coming for you. At some point, our uh, daddy realizes that this <laughs> demon is not good. So this is where your your inspiration comes from right here. Yeah, I mean, anyone who... I almost went for uh, the dad in Pet Cemetery for pretty much this exact reason. Um, I, I guess it's like the same thing, but two different motives. One is to have my son back. Um, and then one is to kill the people that killed my son. Yeah. Um, you know, it's both coming from the same place. We're like, I want my son back in one... Avenue, you can have your son back in a really shitty, fucked up way, and in the other way, you can um, mourn the death of your son in a really, sh- really shitty, fucked up way, and that's what he <laughs> yeah. chooses to do. Um, not the best dad, but if if I'm gonna have a dad, I want one that's gonna summon a fucking demon to revenge my death if I'm killed by douchebag dirt bikers. Yeah, not, not that dirt bikers are douchebags. These, I love dirt biking these myself. dirt bikers, these particular. Dirt bike douchebags. Yeah, and I went the same route. I was like, look, if I could have a dad, I feel like Jesse would be a good one just because, you know, he, he's going to work his ass off to relate. Yeah, he wasn't the best dad, but he did what he could do. Yes. All right. Good pick, man. Great pick, man. Good, you good pick. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's, let's head to mom's. All right, do it. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. You're going to be blown uh, so if we have some same ones, which I don't think we're going to. I don't to, think but we're we, going to have any overlap. Yeah, I don't think we will. But if we do, it's because we have no idea. Also, I think the one overlap we might have is daughter. All right. Okay. I, I doubt it, but all right. Okay, here's my mother. You ready? Yep. Mommy, you are Rosemary Woodhouse. Yeah, good one. Played by Mia Farrow. In Very good one. Rosemary's Baby. 
Paramount Pictures presents Mia Farrow in a William Castle production, Rosemary's Baby. Co-starring John Cassavetes, Ruth Gordon, Sidney Blackmer, Morris Evans, and Ralph Bellamy. Written for the screen and directed by Roman Polanski from the best-selling novel by Ira Levin. Suggested for mature audiences. Rosemary is young, God-fearing, I'd say, right? Housewife-esque. She's uh, receptive to the idea of social circles and and, and being, you know, amicable yeah. toward your neighbors, I guess. Right. She's very tolerant. Um, and I, I think she's, like, into the idea of domestic life. Her husband is uh, that guy that's been in, like, 500 episodes of Columbo. <laughs> uh, which it, he's great in this but um i feel like if she had the chance to be an actual mother to a child that wasn't the devil's child that she would relish the opportunity and she would be the most nurturing encouraging kind um just positive influence imaginable so throughout this whole film like she's very worried um uh, and and loving and just making an attempt to be the best um pre-mother to to giving birth and 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 clearly throughout the entire story there's just treachery afoot there's this unknown entity of all right something's fucked up she's having weird dreams the neighbors are weird her husband's being weird her doctor's being weird what's going on here and the entire time her one priority in dealing with all these unknown entities is like, all right, is the baby safe? Am I doing the right thing? Am I being, am I being a good mother before having a kid? So I think she, uh, would be an excellent mother for several, several reasons, but, I uh, I feel the way she manages her husband who is constantly like encouraging her, to be involved with these neighbors which are strange and weird and like those Mm -hmm. people by the fucking way like my parents have friends like that from florida my parent like those are south beach miami uh, those are real human beings that exist in this world they're in any high rise you walk into in the united states right now there's one couple that is that couple so that is a very very real couple yeah and if they introduce themselves into your life with their dominant presence and they're like, no, you do this, you should drink this, you should act this way, you should eat this, most of the time you're like, all right, well, you're established, you know your shit, like, yep, no, I'll listen. And I think it's fascinating to see how she manages her husband and them, which is this, like, whirlwind of a circle, and I think the way she, like is this mousy quiet woman and tries you know so hard to posture up and say like no fuck this like i gotta watch out for my baby that's a great mom so yeah i'm going with rosemary great choice love you mom (laughs) who are you going with so mine is gonna be rachel keller from the ring have you heard about this videotape that kills you when you watch it? 
You start to play it, and it's like somebody's nightmare. And as soon as it's over, your phone rings. And what they say is, you will die in seven days. Very good pick. Yeah, our girl uh, Naomi Watts, who is, she's amazing. Wonderful, wonderful. This was her first movie after Mulholland Drive, which is, you know, we're both David Lynch fans. It's a great movie. Yep. Um, I mean, what really more can you say except this is somebody who finds out that something actually impossible is happening. Uh, People are being killed within a week of watching this videotape. So, as a newspaper reporter, she herself watches the videotape and is then... What's the big deal, guys? ...essentially sentenced to die (laughs) seven days later. Somewhere in the meantime, uh, she makes a copy of the tape, which we find out saves her ass. And then her son decides to watch the tape. Yeah. Essentially... sentencing himself to death so she goes on this she's on this just like that tub scene trek and like this upstairs tub scene is so intense very intense yeah but before we get to that you know what i loved about this movie is the end take the end goes off the rails and like does this ridiculous explanation of like in the backstory and shit like just goes it gets unnecessary, but what I love about that movie and what I love, it, I love like the film noir structure. I love the noir, um, yeah, thing, and it kind of yeah. it kind of does that for a while there. Um, you know, when she goes to the island to investigate what's going on, goes to like the farmhouse or whatever, the cabin, all these different locations where she's interviewing people. dealing with the well. Yeah, it yeah. is very dark. The photography is so, very. Like, I, I loved black, all that. Black and white. Yeah. The end took a turn. But anyways, my point being, she goes to extreme lengths to save her son who is facing certain death as far as making him make copies of the tape to show to somebody else. Yeah. Which is like, you are essentially killing other You're people. You're killing off others to save. Yeah. So if I'm going to have a mom, I want one that's willing to kill others. To kill for you. Save me. Same as the dad. Let's summon a vengeful demon. Who else was on your list for moms? Uh, I was. Here's the thing: is I almost took a turn and went to a show, to Stranger Things, because Joyce Byers is an amazing. Oh, dude, mom. that would be a like, great pick. I mean, she is an amazing mom. That would dude. be a great pick. A little bit annoying in that first season, but she no, should she's be great. Yeah. She should be annoying. Your kid because her missing? son is talking to her through the fucking walls, and nobody yeah. believes her. No. That's how you act. Great mom. Yeah. I almost went a different route and and hit like Norma Bates. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about doing like, you know, yeah. Pamela Voorhees and shit like that. But I was going to do the mom from Poltergeist. Decided but we just against talked it. about Poltergeist. And, and then episode. Amityville. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. nah. Uh, but yeah. All right. I've, let, let's move to brother. Okay. Brothers next. Do it up. Brother is next. I've got a good brother here. Okay. I think I do as well. I'm selecting Clay Miller. Oh. Char- character name. Played by Jared Padalecki in the Friday the 13th 2009 rendition. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> you won't believe my parents' cabin. Here we are. 
Oh, dude, fucking great pick. I I hold my breath every time you make your pick because I'm worried that it's going to be mine. Yeah. Great pick, man. All right, so Clay, he works uh, pretty tirelessly to... He's, he's pounding the pavement out there trying to find his uh, sister, Whitney. Uh, he's really working. Yeah, he's working his ass off. Okay, and he's got to deal with dickheads like Trent, right? Trent is a pain in the ass. Frat boy douche. I, I, right? I love this movie. I, mean, I, I, I also love, love this movie. Yeah. And Trent's character is great to hate, oh, right? Dude. Fucking he perfect, makes it so like, easy. douche. Yeah. He also has to deal with Donnie, that toothless guy, guy working the wood chipper who's like, what's he say? Uh, You're fucking lucky there, Stretch. <laughs> yeah, he calls him Stretch the whole time. <laughs> and he tries to sell him weed. So, he's got to deal with that guy, but imagine walking to that man's door and knocking. How about the cop, though, that is... Right every around, time like, I watch it, I think it's Nancy's dad from... It's so the him, but yeah, it's not... Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. I and then the woman, it. which reminds me so much of Jeeper Creepers when he... Oh, Jeeper Creepers her. is yeah. great. Uh, and then, most importantly, so he deals with Donnie, he deals with Trent, he also deals with These Jason Voorhees. Yeah. But he, he works his ass off to be a good brother, to find his sister. He's hard on himself because he feels like he didn't do enough prior. Um, there's some backstory that exist, uh, exists when y- you see the initial interaction with Whitney in the beginning. And you can tell the mom's sick. And there's this, like... Oh, not, she's hesitant to go out. Yeah, yeah. There's not a very descriptive thing on, like... The where boyfriend. that went and how how it, yeah. yeah the boyfriend's like why don't you just have sex with your boyfriend in a cramped little yeah. tent get drunk yeah throw up in the wood or whatever he says uh but the, <laughs> i like the whitney character i like his character clay's character is yeah. great i like that he's working hard to find his sister and i would be remiss he's, i mean he's working super hard yeah he's out there it's going it's around like, on his bike um and the, the police do, you know, they verify that when they pull him over. They're like, oh, you're back again, huh, bud? Yeah. Why don't you run your ass out of town? And it's like, okay, guy, I'm trying to find my fucking sister. Also, you're not like, doing anything. What's the big deal? Let him hand out his fucking flyers. I would be remiss not to mention the fact, though, that this man, Jared Padalecki, is also a very, very good brother in the form of Sam Winchester to Dean Winchester played yeah. by Jensen Ackles in Supernatural, which is a great show. Yeah. Great show, I said, Jamie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> John hates me because I don't watch this show. Just watch it. The thing is, I've, I've certainly tried. There's like a weird filter on it. All right. right? Isn't there a weird, weird filter? Who's it's your like, brother? It's fucking like gray. Just pick time. it, because it's not me. I'm not your brother anymore. <laughs> Uh, whatever. I'll get in there someday. All right, so my brother is Sam, played by Corey Haim in The Lost Boys. Dude! Michael and Sam have just moved to Santa Carla, California. They're about to discover its secret. 
notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet? No. It's a pretty cool place. Yeah. Fucking great. You know who I almost picked? Who? For this? Was uh, Corey Feldman as one of the Frog Brothers. Yeah. I thought about going that route. I had to pick this movie. Damn. Yeah. Okay, great pick. I went Go ahead. Him. Dive in. Uh, because if you're going to become a vampire, helplessly immersed in the seductive lifestyle of vampirism, the only, the only person to rescue you <laughs> is your brother, who's what, seven, eight years his junior. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the age gap. Uh, but this and when you're when you are a like 17 year old kid who looks like he's 34 easily 40 zipping a dirt bike around hanging out with fucking Kiefer children of the night (laughs) yeah yeah this is a good pick dude get me that he works his ass off to so not only does he work his ass off he refuses to kill him at first there when the frog brothers say all right you got to kill your brother no, I'm not going to do that. Corey Feldman's voice, the whole movie's like, oh my God. you got to kill him. <laughs> you got- Love the Frog Brothers. Love this movie more than most things. Yeah, this movie's um, great. This is a movie that like, I grew up on. Yeah. But... He does work his ass off to protect him and find the queen. Gets in with these or, kids who yeah. he... You can tell he thinks they're creeps at first, <laughs> yeah. right? That whole, that whole scene where they approach him is just so good. But... He listens to to them enough, um, uses their guidance, uses their expert advice, advice yeah, um, and does Spawn everything he pretty books. much needs to do. Yeah. Um, if I'm gonna have a brother, I want one that's going to stand up for me and go out on a limb like that for me, and uh, you know, kind of do things that seems uh, off the wall, a whole like. A thing that seems off the wall, uh, but he trusts it. He goes for it and ultimately saves his brother. So, good pick, very good pick. That is my bro. All also, right. fucking love Corey Haim. Yeah, of the two Corys, that's my Corey. I'm going the other way with Phil. Love Sea Dog. Yeah. Love me some Sea Dog. Yeah, but Corey Haim will always be my ride or die Corey. All right, let's head to sister. All right. Sister, it is. All right. My sister I'm choosing is Jamie Lloyd, played by Danielle Harris, and then later again by, I think her name was J.C. Brandy in Halloween 6, Mm. but uh, the character of Jamie from the Halloween films. Ten years ago, on the night of October 31st, a small Midwestern town fell victim to an escaped killer. Under the cover of darkness, he carried out the most horrifying mass murder on record. Oh, God, do I hate her character in, in Six. That, she just like, screamed just that the whole time. screaming yeah. at the beginning. Oh, Well, but she's a good mother. Yeah, no, a great mom. But I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Jamie as a sister, mostly from four into five. So, uh, and oddly enough... I guess there's this story about how Daniel Harris was supposed to play the Jamie character in part six, and I think she was going to be a more prominent role in the film. Oh. Yeah, there there's this, a like, lot into that dramatic like, she really thing. Wanted she, like, to, yeah. But she wasn't 18, and she had like 
divorced from her parents essentially yeah, right like, and then she did and did and then, it ugh. yeah and then it just didn't work out I think contract she realized wise. once she i think once she was able to do it she read the script and was like wait i don't uh, i don't want to do fuck. this i don't I just run around screaming symbol? yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. But Jamie's character, most notably from Halloween 4 and Halloween 5, is what we're going to talk about here. You know what's funny is I almost went with Rachel. Are you fucking kidding me? Because I love... I know that she starts We're off, not really sisters, She starts Jamie. off yeah. as not a very good sister. I mean, you'll, you'll have your moments. The guys from Alone in the Dark up. always talk... Always refer to the fucking scene where she's like... I told you, Jamie, we're not really sisters. And she's like such an asshole about it. But part of what I love about Jamie is like she, they're not really sisters, but she is so, she's clearly had a very fucked up life. Yeah. Right. Um, but she cares so sincerely for Rachel. Her, her. Also, they're not really fucking sisters, John. I know. Get but over it, bro. This, let me stretch. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> I almost knocked you out, fucking stretch. <laughs> All right, so she wants to... Uh, I feel like she really wants to love and be loved by Rachel, right? That's her yep. her thing. Um, oh, can her, you imagine that? Like, oh, no. You and I have never been in that situation, but can you imagine like the affection and love that you like seek? God. And then to have your sister... You're right, shitty fucking sister, yeah. Rachel. I'm glad We're not really her. sisters, Jamie. We'd have to bare knuckle box yeah. over this. God damn. You're right. So clearly she's very vulnerable and caring and concerned, but she's also pretty sensible, I think. Like her character is such a prominent aspect of the story, and she really guides both four and five, I'd say. I can't stand her in five. I feel bad saying that. Jamie Lloyd in five, no. I can't take it. Don't talk about my sister I that can't way, take you it. fuck. Um, but I think <laughs> most importantly, she's my apologies to your sister. most importantly, she's fragile. Uh, but I think she's a great sister cause she would, I think would really flood your life with like fulfillment in a sense. Um, long term, as a person that would like really value you and treat you with respect and, yeah. and you know, clearly she's gone through some trauma and would be, you know, inextricably and always linked to you in a very specific and kind way. And I, th- I just think she's yeah, an emotional character that uh, has, a, has her heart in the right place all the time. Yeah. Good, How do you good, feel about my sister? Good enough pick. Good enough? Love you, sis. What do you have, fucker? Okay. So, I mean, this isn't a competition. <laughs> I love your pick. Um, my sister is Regina Belmont. Played by Catherine Mary Stewart from Night of the Comet. Oh. Did you ever wonder what it would be like to be one of the last people on Earth? We're talking ghost town! Who would you see? There's nobody. I mean, there's nobody. Ah! What would you do? Hey, I'm sorry if the end of the world makes me a little nervous. Where would you go? Okay, so I could have gone either way on this one, actually. I could have picked either sister. uh, Because they both kind of help each other out. 
Uh, they both have redeeming qualities in the end. They both kind of start off superficial and 80s, like, shitty. Um, you know, like, they're worried about just, like, clothes and typical yeah, teenage, This is a like, really great fucking pick. <laughs> um, <laughs> she definitely has an arc. Correct. They Fair both sure. kind of yeah. have, like, a, a great arc. Um, the story forces it, yeah. Correct. Yeah. If, you know, when you look at this movie, it's very simplistic. There's not too big of a, like, a story arc in it. it but the characters, like, the, as but any the story, the characters should drive Correct. it, yeah. And yeah, they do, yeah. Uh, so, obviously, the Earth goes through uh, the tail of this comet, which is the first thing that happened, first time that it happens in what, however many hundreds of years. Uh, so, anyone who wasn't protected by some sort of steel surrounding dies, or becomes... Either dust, or if you were partially exposed, you become a zombie. You become a zombie. Not super clear on or that. Or if you're a police officer, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so there's like a couple zombies. Uh, if you've got uh, sunglasses on and you're in the mall, you turn into a dickweed. Those guys in the <laughs> that that mall is like one. It's one of my favorite scenes in any movie. That whole like montage with the shopping and the the music. And they have like ooze. <laughs> <laughs> these weird creeps just sitting up yeah oh dude a, that if you've not seen this movie night of the comet please watch it now oh this isn't a lesser known one i'd say i mentioned at the top with one of my uh blu-ray purchases yeah yep. go get it if it's still 15 bucks it's a steal steal um what's funny about this movie is i actually grew up watching this my parents had a van um and they had like they used to drive like cross country for like my parents take vacations and like they're truck drivers so when they go somewhere they drive never will they fly so they had a mattress in the back of their van this sounds so creepy this is going to a weird fucking (laughs) spot can you please get to your to your point as i'm saying this sounds so fucking creepy but anyways (laughs) um i remember driving to yellowstone one time from ohio which is a fucking haul of a drive um, yeah, watching be, what, VHS like tapes, thirty hours. Yeah. Watching VHS tapes um, in the back of this van, which did not have tinted windows. By the way, the windows were totally like <laughs> normal. This was not a creep van. Um, but one of the VHS tapes was always, you know, how like the VHS tapes back then had like three or four movies on each one. One of them was Night of the Comet. Night of the Comet, sixty minutes sandwiched between and, yeah. something else that I <laughs> wanted to watch. Night of the Comet was always like. I was so young at the time that, like, all I could remember was that one zombie when she comes out of the theater with the wrench. You oh, know which one I'm talking so good, about? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the one, like, that haunted me my whole life. A few years ago, I never thought I would know what this movie was, right? You, like, you, you just think, like, these movies get like, lost. Oh, I have that get scene lost. in like, my they're head. They're gone. Yeah, yeah. They don't exist anymore. I saw Night of the Comet, like pop up somewhere and i was like wait a second what? that's that fucking that movie. is that fucking movie and you called your mom and you're like let's get in the van let's, <laughs> got a Blu-ray let's buy the van now. back from whoever we sold it you know that that van was sold to a creep by the way oh yeah um but anyways night of the creeps so so that oh. this movie was always that for me was that like that nostalgic like little gem uh, but anyways back to the sisterly portion of this yeah. podcast um, she gets sent to the research facility, um, saves many people, saves like those small children that are about to get, the research people are just actual, I, I'm not even sure what their motives are. 
It's to like kill world it. domination. I think. Yeah, I really don't know what. Yeah. I always get fuzzy there at the end of, to what's happening. Um, there are a lot of there are a lot of hard right turns in this movie. You're there like, really are. Oh, I'm at a movie theater, and then it's like <laughs> I'm at a mall. I'm in an underground research. Well, they hit facility. all the '80s yeah. like hot spots, right? Yeah. Like the DJ booth and yeah. Oh, dude. I love, like I music love is yeah, the I love it. the heartbeat of I just the whole love fucking it. thing. In the soundtrack yeah. of this movie, like I listen to it way yeah. more than any like forty year old man should. Yeah. Um, not that I'm forty. Not that I'm forty yet, but I'm Wait, approaching. You're on your way. So, anyways, um, Sam, who starts off as like the immature uh, cheerleading like shitty sister who just pretty much cares about herself, is very um, integral to saving. Yeah, Gina there at the end, uh, along with our buddy Hector. Also, you look at Sam and you're like, is that person 12 or 24? She could go it's either a, way. She's, she's a vampire. Yeah. But she's she's a great character. She was also in Chopping Mall. Another fucking great mall Another movie. Another great mall movie, yeah. correct. But like when I think of 80s mall scenes, like those are two main two of the main movies I think of. This, so, this is a great pick. Regina... Great pick, uh, great sister. Very good. All right, we're heading down the line. Let's let's do son. Yeah. Ready? I'm ready. You ready for my son? I am. I don't have a son. You don't have a daughter. Correct. So you have two sons. I have two daughters. Correct. So this is going to be interesting to see where we go with this. Yeah. So the son I am choosing is Charlie Brewster. Played by William Ragsdale in Fright Night. What would you do if you accidentally discovered the house next door was occupied by something not human? Something horrifying. Something unspeakably evil. No one believes you. Nightmare. Not your mom. They did kill a girl over there. Not your girlfriend. Charlie, is this some sort of a trick? Right, right. All right, we have the same son. Do we really? Yeah. Are you fucking we, kidding yeah. me? Okay. We overlap. It's okay. Right. This is it's great. a great son. We'll both it's a talk great about pick. Yeah. All right, so I'll give you my thoughts and you can give me yours. So, I mean, Brewster. Uh, I'm, I'm fine just du- doubling it down. Yeah, dude. Because. You love this movie, you know. Oh, so much. But he, 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 this guy makes the movie. He, he and his friend, Ed. Yeah, I mean, he's the main character. Yeah. But he's the quintessential, like, 80s kid, healthy libido, interest in fucking. I I hope to God, my, if there's a Peter Vincent in the world in the next few years that my kids are into it, like, (laughs) yeah. He's into that. Uh, and he has a, a propensity for the supernatural, which is, which is great. And he's got a steady girlfriend. Um, so he doesn't have the best grades. That's his one downfall as a son. Um, but he does have an, a, you know, an intense commitment to saving his mother from the vampiric <laughs> presence <laughs> next door. And uh, being the man of the house, because his dad's not around. Um his dad's not around, and uh, he's just a—he's uh, a great kid. I—I would love to have him as a son. I truly would. Oh, I mean, 
not only not only what you just mentioned, but it's like you have a mother who's constantly like, "Hey, fuck off with your shittiness. You're just a shitty son bothering our neighbor." And he's like, "You know what? I I will save you. I will do what I have to do to protect this family." Um it's very very disturbing. We've talked about how Disturbia is very Fright Night-ish. Um, it's that same concept. I almost picked Kale from Disturbia. Me as well. And I was like, we just talked about this. We can't do it. Let's just uh, so we both be we brothers both for did, life, Listen, we both did the exact same thing. Like, I'll pick Kale. Can't pick Kale. Just talked about him. I'll pick Charlie Brewster. Here we are. We are brothers. We, we are. So Poor brothers. Let's talk a minute about his choice in Friends. So, we talk a lot about... On my back. A lot of different artists um, on this show. Cavity Colors being one. and Probably, probably the, the Cavity Colors being the only one, one that yeah. we talk about. But <laughs> there's a design Welcome from, to the Cavity Colors podcast. <laughs> back in the day, um, the Evil Ed... Uh, Evil Ed print. It's 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 amazing. Well, there's that it's T-shirt that you had. Yeah, I've got that. And with the, the amazing, yeah. it faded out, and then we both got the hoodie yeah. with the black and white image. Great stuff. Yep. I brought the hoodie with. I I wear the hoodie like that. Hoodie stays if it's 98 degrees out. Oh, I have that hoodie with me. If it's 92, it's going. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's head to daughter. I'm interested right. to see. You you go first with daughter. Okay. Yeah. I feel like if we're going to have overlap... I thought I it would be here. I didn't think the brother would be it. I, I predicted this would be our overlap. Okay, so my daughter is played by Stacey Nelkin. Her name is Ellie Grimbridge from Halloween 3. Listen, he just walked up out of the rain. I swear to God, that's all there was to him. Did my father say anything to you the night he died? I don't know. Your father came into the hospital. And he, I thought he was crazy, out of his mind. He's hanging onto a Halloween mask. He wouldn't let it go. And what he said was, they're going to kill us. All of us. I did not pick this, but great fucking pick. Go ahead. Great fucking pick. Other right, than the fact so, that... Okay, go ahead. I mean, what can you say about a daughter that shacks up with... That's, 60, that's my, that's my one comment as Tom a father. <laughs> All in... Um, you want to think... That was going to be my criticism, <laughs> you fucker. Which is like, oh great, your twenty-six-year-old daughter's banging sixty. Jesus Christ! Like that guy would be rolling over in his grave. All right, you're fucking this man. Okay, so she is a good daughter, though. I mean, the best. She takes him to his. uh, So she she finds Doctor Chalice at his favorite bar. But which which is a smart person to find because like my favorite bar. That. Didn't wasn't Darren talking or was he talking about that it was bar? Darren, and he was saying that he or the went bar there the in LA. No, it was it was Halloween three. Halloween three, yeah. Because so I it, said it reminded me of the Owl in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But go ahead. So, oh my Ellie, God. great pick. Uh, so ever since she introduces herself, you're like, 
I'm in. I'm in on this girl. Right? Like, as you're watching it, they, you're introduced to these different characters. She's the one where it's like, okay, Dr. Chalice, I love you, obviously, Tom Atkins. Ellie comes in. Because we've all seen this after Tom Atkins. Like, we didn't see this when it came out, right? We saw this later in life when Tom Atkins was already a thing for us. And um, I think that's why uh, Halloween 3 has become sort of a cult classic and why people didn't necessarily love it at first. Because at the time, Tom Atkins was probably just like another fucking actor. Oh, Tom oh, Atkins yeah. makes no oh, significance yeah. in this to me. But our generation now watches this back and they we go, oh, shit. Like the people who... D- don't love Halloween 3 necessarily right away, or that didn't, we watch it now and we go, oh my god, Tom Atkins. Wait a second, I'm sold. I love this shit. I, I am in. I love The Fog. I love Night of the Creeps. Yeah. I'm in. Um, so anyways, she meets Tom Atkins. From there, the dynamic duo takes off to Santa Mira. Correct? Yep. Santa yeah. Mira, California. Um, and it's just a it's a fun-filled adventure is what it is. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I think as a as a parent of two two children, I would appreciate the idea of any of my children being like, all right, I got to figure this shit out. Like, my dad was a good guy. This is the lineage. I got to hunt down the person that I know might have answers. And right. Yeah. No, she puts in the effort. They go to the store, which get me in that fucking store. You know how we love the stores? Get me the dad's store. Yep. Like where he's selling the mask. Get Dude, me in there. I. It, that's when, where they when go. We that's do our top five, <laughs> top five stores that we'd leave our well-paying jobs to work at. That's, that's one, of, one them, of them. For, for sure. sure. Yeah. Um, so they hit there for ground zero. Then he makes the awkward phone call smoking his cig to the, <laughs> yeah. to the ex-wife. I'm going to have to have to bail on the kids for Halloween and. Take this beautiful woman to Santa Mira. Oh, dude. So they... Drinking and doctoring, great combination. (laughs) (laughs) So they hit up Santa Mira. She does her thing, um, guided by the help of the amazing Tom Atkins. They get to the bottom of uh, where they need to be. She finds the dad's car. Doesn't turn out as well as it should for her. Um, Tom is the final girl in this one, as he should be. Um, But... Amazing movie, amazing daughter. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to go with my daughter. You ready? <laughs> All right, let's do it. Sydney Prescott, played by Nev Campbell in the Scream series. Hello? Hello? Who is this? You tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You're making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? I'll do some scary movie. Like scary movies. Uh huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. Here's the thing: is anytime we do these lists, I feel like I have to include someone from Scream. Yeah. It was going to be the dad, and then I was like, well, this happened to his daughter four times. Maybe he's not the best dad, so I bailed on that one. <laughs> um, and then I was. Oh, gonna... you got fucking duct tape by Stu. <laughs> right. And then I was gonna do her for the daughter. And then I just bailed on it. Um, so I'm fucking so glad you did I this. I thought for sure this yeah. was going to be yeah, yeah. the overlap. But no, I'm so glad you did this. All right. So Sydney's tough and smart and cunning, obviously. And she um, really, I think, defined the modern day 
Scream Queen, you're right. The oh, Survivor the, Girl, the best, right? Yeah. She she just she turned that whole thing on its head. She like took an entire trope and flipped it upside down. And she was super well cast. And I think that she, like Nev Campbell, really is what brought the full like posture to the whole character. Oh, Scream would not be the same without Nev. No, it yeah. would just would not. No. Like even it uh, Sarah Michelle Geller is my probably my favorite like actress in this field and if she were no it wouldn't be the same movie i don't think well it's funny because she was in scream 2 and she played cc cooper her role perfect she's not the final scream queen no not for scream no um and okay so she's got a boyfriend that she's serious with so you know if you've got a teenage daughter and she's got a boyfriend cool it's great that you're serious with somebody Maybe a little better judgment on the fact that uh, he fucking kills people. So <laughs> perhaps that's the one lapse, yeah. but she gets way smarter with Derek and two and uh, De- Detective Kincaid, I guess, is the long- love interest in the third one. Um, but her character arc is the fucking McDonald's arches. <laughs> like, yeah, that that is the growth. That is... The, a sincere like the growth of a human being is what you see uh, across three films with her and she or four and she plays them so well every time and I, first I just introduction like her in the bedroom just think about it like with timid yeah. and shy and then by scream three scream four like she just becomes a force and it's great yeah and i think um she made her one-dimensional father, Neil Prescott, uh, very proud. <laughs> yeah. Like this pick? Love it, man. Good. Like I said, I considered doing it for myself, but I'm glad that I didn't, and I'm glad that you did. Thoughts on Sydney before we go on? I mean, she's top three, if not the number one scream queen to me. Yeah. So. Great. I've said this a million times, but I've named my cat after her and i'll name every cat after her. <laughs> all right so speaking of cat we're right. gonna do our pet we're gonna do our pet who's you your pet go first no go ahead i this is i'm worried about overlap on this one cat's eye no did okay. you pick that one i didn't i almost did okay i went with gizmo steven spielberg presents gremlins billy pelser has a nice home Yeah, Ma, it's me. A nice job. A nice girl. If you're not doing anything this Thursday night, maybe you'd like to uh, go out on a date with me? I'd love to. And loving parents who are about to give him... You're gonna like this. No, 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 don't shake it. We're gonna have to open it now. We'll wait till Christmas. The most unusual gift (laughs) he ever got. What is it? No. It's your new pet. Come on, Barney, be a good dog. My dad gave it to me. But there are a few things to keep in mind. If you expose it to the light, you may hurt it. If you get it wet, it will multiply. All that from water? They got wet? Yeah, plain water. And most important, no matter how much they beg, never, never let them eat after midnight. Because when they do... You fuck! I went with Gizmo! Yeah. I mean, how can you not? This is great. 
It is. You have a the cat named Gizmo. But I, I do have a cat named Gizmo. Let's but talk about that first, yeah. though, because you have a cat named Gizmo that was an, originally my that cat that I cat named that Gizmo. You named Gizmo, correct? That you inherited. Okay, yes. but go ahead. So, Gizmo is the quintessential Mogwai. Um, I think we've seen, as you notice from the movie, there are other Mogwais, but they're not quite as gentle and no. humble. He's humble, and, he's kind. And beautiful and sweet. And he sings? Gizmo. He is the best, like, if, if I... I wish I could pick this for my son. If I think, like, I want a pet, this is the pet I fucking want. Yeah. The singing in the... But I have to have that bedroom. Again, we're going to do a bedroom episode some, sometime soon, so I'm yeah. not going to elaborate, but fuck this bedroom. That, that bedroom's great. Like, when... Um, he and Corey Feldman are sitting up there, and Corey Feldman's petting him, and he spills the water on him. Like yep. that—that's that whole scene is just so like innocent and fun and jovial. Like uh, I love that. I, I truly do. You know what's funny is I watched this movie one time with your stepmother Leslie. Uh, we went and cut down a tree. Like all of us, we all went and cut down some trees for Christmas. Uh, we brought them back to the house, and we're like lounging on the couches at your house. And me and your stepmother Leslie were watching this, and we like watched the entire thing. It's just a memory I always have. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, Gizmo was she is. Into it? Yeah. yeah. You know, she did her thing where it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what else is on at some point? And I was like, yeah. well, we're watching this, Les. Well, we're gonna. It's go your house. Way. We're just gonna yeah. finish watching this. Um, but just wait, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much my thoughts yeah. on. It. I don't. I don't really know that we need to elaborate on Gizmo, but. Uh, the fact that he's found at like a Chinatown antique store is just like, what are the chances of finding such a hidden gem like this? I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you know who played his voice? Is it the guy from Police Academy? I don't know if this person was in Police Academy. Okay. But when I say his name, you're going to be like, huh? Okay. Oh, wait, it's Howie Mandel, isn't Howie it? It's Howie fucking Mandel. Mandel. I did know that. Yeah. Howie Mandel. That's an absurd thing. Yeah. That is absurd. He was a great voice actor. <laughs> he was also. I was reading about the. It's so funny other that like things he was in voice acting. Like he was some very prominent. Yeah, he was like roles. a prominent voice actor, dude. Yeah. But his voice is a very <laughs> so active good. part of his character. But it's so uh, weird that a human was making those yeah. sounds, right? <laughs> because I was looking on IMDb, I was like, oh, "Who was his voice?" And then I was like, "Oh, well, maybe it was just a keyboard." Yeah. Because he doesn't. He doesn't do much, right? But no. Like the singing. Like, he, that was actually him singing. It's great. Howie Mandel. But, uh... Bobby's World is what I always think of to him. Yeah. No, he was in that. Yeah. yeah. But where are you gonna... He, he's truly a one-of-a-kind one pet. Um, where are you gonna find something like this? No, you're not. You, you, you're, you're not. not. Yeah. Unless you're on the back streets of a foreign country. And when we're... <laughs> And when we were doing something like this, it was like, what am I going to pick? Church? Yeah, no. From Pet Cemetery? No, because he's not Cujo? No, no one wants that fucking guy. Yeah. And then it was like, everyone else is going to be boring. I I almost went cat's eye because that's such a prominent part of the story. But let me talk about Gizmo. It's funny because I thought about that one right off the bat as well. (laughs) Because what is It's like Chance or something, some other dog, Golden Retriever, some from. Well, anyway, so what's funny, though, is the reason I was drawn toward this is because you have, like, the most white bread Americana 
standard pet, which is the golden retriever. Right. Right? The golden retriever that he has, um, and he, he outshines the golden retriever. And what's the, is the name Barney or something? I think it's Barney. I, and, I don't remember offhand. And, and I think it's Mrs. Deagle, like the asshole woman. Oh my God, at the bank, yeah. Yeah, trying to like kill off Barney. It, yeah, it, yeah, it is Barney. Yeah. And she's trying to kill Barney off because um, she's like, oh, my heart. Oh, God, yeah, I always forget about that. Part. That's a detestable so, like, person. Yeah. yeah. But that's like the anti-pet, essentially, right. yeah. that woman. That's the Corella DeVille. Um, but what's what's funny about this is is the father knows, like, oh, my son loves pets to the point where uh, I feel like I, I'm drawn toward toward doing this and fucking gets this little mogwai for him and brings him on in and uh it's great i i I, this is the quintessential pet you want to have and and this is a good one it's so like uh it's so it's funny because when they first get it it's like nonchalant yeah cool dad awesome oh cool just kind of leave it at that right dad i think he and his relationship, <laughs> by the, the way, mom comes up and she's like, "You didn't feed him after midnight, did you?" Well, no, I don't think. This is the this is probably the son we should have picked that you want, who's like the nerdy kid who's yep. super gentle and. I thought and about kind. this kid. Yeah, but he's like, "Hey, Dad, um, they he had a bunch of kids last night." He's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Right, the whole conversations are like, got, "Oh, uh, the dad goes upstairs. Did he like, get wet or? Oh, did uh, he had all these like uh, <laughs> all this procreation happened last night? Nobody's concerned, right? <laughs> and uh, his mom is God, super tolerant too. I, I mean, it. the mom would be great. Uh, the whole family. All right, if you could install yourself in one family, it'd be that one. Yep. Yeah, and he's an only child. Great pet choice, buddy. Same to you, man. This was fun. All right, so we had two overlaps. Not bad. Two great choices. The son and the pet. The son and the pet. Yeah. I think we got a fun interview queued up with a uh, Chicago filmmaker. Yeah? Yeah, we do. Yeah. With a dear friend of ours who was who starred in the film. And uh, we've got a director um, with a production company based out of Chicago where Jamie and I both used to live. And we actually found this person um, randomly through through social media and it just ends up that they know people that we know and we know people that they know and it just really worked out so we've got a a fun interview uh queued up and we're gonna try and continue to do you know serve content where it's just kind of jamie and i and then we'll flip to an interview uh jamie and i flip to an interview sort of idea so and i think we have another uh commentary coming up with a friend of ours yes Uh, we're planning on maybe doing the burbs which is something we've talked about 107 yeah. times so and we're really excited for that uh we think you'll love our friend as well all right guys all right. take care love you be safe love each other take care guys